Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. We are back, and I'm still Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. We're doing an on-time episode to conclude uh, for in February. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit in March, but still close enough. For in February and March. Yeah. For if fam. Yeah. Yeah. It's that works. fine. Um, these were definitely like games that you could play in a single setting. So it's not like, you know, we we toiled away and, and stretched the time because we couldn't fit them in February. It was just life stuff. Yep. It's always life stuff. That's what happens when you're a person who's alive. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I just did my taxes yesterday. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm well, waiting. they're done. Yeah. Uh, I well, fingers freaking crossed. Um, the first time I submitted them, I got back a message saying like your taxes have been rejected because, and then a completely unintelligible error message. Oh great! Uh, but luckily, like the IRS website has a a thing where you can just copy and paste the entire text of the email into a box, and they'll tell you what's wrong with the thing. Oh. And they're like, oh, it's because you're like, we couldn't recognize your employer from the employer identification number, so you have to put in their address as well. It's like, okay. Okay. I, I'm i like waiting to do my taxes. At the very beginning of the year, my boss was like, oh yeah, so you got that W-2. Don't use that W-2. We're going to issue an amended W-2. And they oh, still haven't. <laughs> I'm Uh-oh. like, I would like to do my taxes because that's the less I'm going to probably ask him about that next week. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was going to say that you're starting to get to the point where you really should bug them about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm usually like, well, OK, I, w- I would say I'm usually good about doing my taxes pretty early on. But like, that's only true every other year. I feel like every other year I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my taxes early. And then ev- the, you know opposite years uh i wait until almost the very last minute because yeah sometimes adulthood sucks it does suck it always sucked i mean there are some things i like about adulthood i like having spending money uh that i can just used to buy things. That's nice. Yeah, but you could just work as a kid. Uh, not really. I did. I mean, it's technically not, like, okay, (laughs) and you don't (laughs) make much money, but it would be possible to make decent money. Uh, I don't know. I worked worked as a kid, and uh, I feel like I I can afford to purchase many more things now as an adult. It also helps as uh, being an adult that you like have the capacity to buy things online that most children do not have like mm. i don't know a bank account legalize child labor yes carl is a has a very strong pro child labor we're, stance we're rolling it back child labor is legal now unionize them yeah look yeah, we're going to unionize those kids lord of the flies union <laughs> be perfect what could possibly go wrong Nothing. That's what could possibly go wrong. Um, well, my uh, terrible uh, 
terrible occurrence of the past couple weeks is that we finally got COVID. Uh, oh, the boyfriend no. and I. It's actually, it has not been that bad. Um, I was sick for about two days. And then um, my boss was like, if you feel up to it, you can like come back into the office uh, and we'll just like quarantine you in your little space in the office. So that's what I did for the latter half of the week. No, I just, I had, so. <laughs> I had, I had too much shit to get done this week. Like this was a bad week for me to be out. Unfortunately, if I didn't have so much crap going on, I probably would have taken the full week. But COVID though. Yeah. Like even when it's not bad, like it's, you shouldn't be spreading it. Well, yeah, I wasn't spreading it. I, I literally walked around the office. If I had to leave my office, I walked around with like a, um, what is it like a like a wipe and just wiped out every surface I touched. Also, there was only a, one other person in the office with me during this time, so it was pretty easy for us to avoid each other. So yeah. you also gotta you also gotta rest a lot while you have COVID. It's important that you rest uh, more than you think you should when you have COVID because that will help you prevent having long COVID. Yeah, where the symptoms know. stick around. But yeah, no. In my experience, uh, COVID. If you're fully vaccinated, at least, uh, like, it's only a few days of, like, unpleasant flu-y symptoms, and yeah. you're, you're pretty you know much that? over the worst you know of it. It was bad. Yeah? Did I you have it bad? bad. Did you the have it when of... you were fully vaccinated already, or before that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I usually never, like, breathe a lot when I'm sick, but I was so cold i like slept with fully clothed oh man see i had the opposite where i was super hot and ev was super cold so we were <laughs> we spent the whole week just fighting over the thermostat basically oh um, no <laughs> yeah in the end um well i mean we didn't turn it up too hot anyway um but uh, he was... just he just blanketed himself a lot and i was and i like it didn't matter that that we were both in the same bed because we were both sick anyway so i'm like look you can take you please take some of this warm that i have too much of <laughs> that works out um yeah no i mean it was an unpleasantly fluy couple of days when i had it but it's actually like wasn't the worst flu that i've ever had um Cause I I had some I had some real, real suckers when I first uh, went to college and was outside of the home, possibly because I grew up on like my family was kind of a big like homeopathic medicine mm. person. So like I don't know if I just like wasn't exposed to a lot of serious disease or like my immune system just was not up to snuff or what, but. Um, yeah, when I first went to college, I caught just a just a real sucky, horrible flu where I like basically couldn't leave my room for a week because I just I like could barely get out of bed. Yeah, I remember when I first moved to college and I first moved into the dorms, I was going from, you know, the Midwest to Colorado where everything was much drier and higher altitude. I happened to have a cold when I moved. And the, like, the the coincidence of having a cold and moving to such a dry, high-altitude place, I had a cough that just persisted 
for like a <laughs> month and a half. It was rough. Um, yeah. I wasn't sick. I just had the cough. But I don't yeah. know. Honestly, I I would probably take the the COVID that I had over a lot of colds that I've had in my life because at least this wasn't sinus pain. A lot of times when I get a cold, I just have like stabbing needle-like sinus pain for days and days. So this was like a walk in the park compared to that, honestly. Um, I so, just have a little bit of post-nasal drip right now. I had COVID in like December, mm -hmm. early, and I still cough a bit. Oof. Like, it's Yikes. getting, like, every day it's getting better, mm -hmm. and it's just like a little bit left. But it's but not it, gone. It's, still, it's not it's, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, moving to moving to LA was also like that. Um, the the ambient smog is just if before you're used to it, you just have a cough that lasts for six Ugh. months. Like yeah. it's just sorry, like you have a persistent cough now. Yeah, or like getting uh like mild allergy symptoms every time you move because you're not used to the like the local pollen. Yeah. That's that's been a big one here. We get really really thick pollen. We're in we're in pollen season right now too. It's like you go outside and there's just a layer of visible green yellow dust kind of on every flat surface. Uh, um, but yeah, being sick, moving around, having having problems. It's all being an adult, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean. I guess it could be worse. It could always be worse. It could always be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I know that's, that's not like it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a not a terrible uh, comfort, but uh, I don't know. Um. Oh, I'm like all fully like rested and relaxed because I had my my forced not forced but my like impromptu work vacation oh yeah um because i don't know if i mentioned this last time that i hit the uh the cap on my vacation days at work yeah you did <laughs> yeah so i took a i took me a break and i rested a bunch and i played a bunch of things um started uh link between worlds for the DS, nice. which is the one where you like can become a painting and like wander around on two D surfaces, like you can like walk along the walls and stuff. Um, which is like it's you know it's a cute gimmick. Um, the structure of the game is really weird, um, because yeah, there's a sort of like it's open. It's yeah, it's open. The, the, instead of having like a normal Zelda progression of, you know, you go to a dungeon and you get an item and that item lets you go to other places. Uh all of the items are available from the start, but you have to rent them. And huh. you lose them when you die and then you have to like rent them again until eventually you hit a point where you if you save up enough you can buy them instead of rent them. Which like Okay, and I mean, I guess it's designed to let you, like, pick and choose the order that you want to do things, but also, like, I had so much money that I just pretty much rented everything, and, like, I only, I don't die that often, so 
It's like just having all of the end game items right at the beginning of the game, and it feels weird. Yeah, that is interesting. That's one that I have not played. Um, I don't know. I I feel I... there's so many DS games that are DS or 3DS games that I'm like I should just like finally jailbreak my 3DS. Nintendo, don't listen to this podcast. Um, just just because like of the back library, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, well, they're supposedly porting a bunch of old Game Boy stuff to uh, to Switch now, so mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And they actually did a good job with the emulation. Like, <laughs> congratulations, you're finally yeah. getting it. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think I've, I've actually... <clears throat> so I've, all, I've played Link Between Worlds for... I don't know, several hours, and I think I actually just reached the beginning of the game, weirdly. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> because it's got, like, a whole prologue. Where like, oh, bad thing is about to happen. Like, go get these uh two MacGuffins and then you go and do two dungeons and get the two MacGuffins, and then it's like, now the bad thing has happened, and now you have to do the seven dungeons. And I'm like, wait, but I already did two dungeons. <laughs> That's how they um, get you. Yeah. <laughs> really in with those those two baby dungeons. Yep. But I guess like the DS titles have all, or like at least the the handheld titles have always been a little bit more on the weird experimental side for for Legend of Zelda. So yeah, that is true. Um, I keep yeah, thinking, it's... I keep thinking I. Have... No, go ahead. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say I keep thinking I need to actually play Skyward Sword. We got the HD one, but yeah, the... you don't. <laughs> I know, but the problem is like it. It is probably my favorite of the 3D Zeldas purely in terms of, like, visual design. I love, love the look of that game. And it sucks that it's... Mediocre. Like, like not the best one. Very disappointing to me. So, me and two friends have had this thing that started, like, 15 years ago. Where we get together one weekend and we try and play through all the Zelda games in one weekend. Oh God. And we did that. It gets harder like... and harder every time. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Especially since Skyward Sword released. Oof. And uh, we you play them in order. No. Okay, that's fair. You can um, always just and... do Skyward Sword last then. Yeah, but then you end up being like really tired after two days of playing games and then starting and then you have on to... Skyward Sword. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Also, like and... now that Breath of the Wild is like probably, I guess it doesn't. Breath of the Wild doesn't have to be really long. If you, can you know go straight to Ganon. Yeah. You don't have to do any of the dungeons. Yeah. Or the divine beasts. So, yeah, but that's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. And we have not updated our knowledge since like I was gonna say, fifteen just years learn, ago. Just learn the speedrun strats. I mean, we do for some games. Yeah. So, like, Link to the Past is, like, five minutes long. Oh, yeah, We have no shame. Yeah, that's fair. Interesting. Um, this year we got... We had, like, four games left only. Oh, nice. So that's Well, one of them is Twilight Princess, and that's a pain. Yeah, that one is a pain. I'm, like, I'm kind of a Twilight Princess apologist, but also I get it. Um, I'm I not going to apologize I, I, too I, hard. I love Twilight Princess, but it's long. It is. It yeah. is very long. Yeah. 
and especially towards like the mid end, it really, really gets way longer. It feels like. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that that game was like the perfect Legend of Zelda game for me at the time, at the age I was when it came out, because I was like very into you know like edgy werewolf Link. Yeah. At that at that time. Um. So. Do you do you just play all of the like main console games or do you like ever play any of the handheld ones? I mean that we play the handheld ones as well, but we don't play all the like spin-off games. We play the quote-unquote official games. So does that I mean does that include Minish Cap? Yes. The best one? That's fair. That's good. But but it probably doesn't include I'm guessing like Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're missing out. Yep. No, not really. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. The uh, the Minish Cap, I is one that I haven't. There's like a handful of the um, the ha the mobile, not mobile, the handheld ones that I haven't played, and Minish Cap is one of them. I've never gotten um, around to finishing Minish Cap, but God, the... Minish Cap is so good. I need yeah, to just sit down and, and do sweet. it. Yeah, I just need to sit down and do it one of these days. Yeah, and I think Spirit Tracks is the other big mobile one that I haven't done. Spirit Tracks is pretty skippable. Spirit Tracks is not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I played... I don't know if I ever fin finished Phantom Hourglass, but I did play Phantom Hourglass. I got very annoyed at the um, closing the DS map puzzle. Yes, oh, I, everyone yeah. does. It's <laughs> the same... Uh, isn't it the, the same in Ghost Trick? Is it? Or what game? No, it's remember. not Ghost Trick. It's one of the other, like, silly DS games. Maybe yeah, it's I one don't... of the late ones. Oh, yeah, oh, I think I know I what you're talking is. about. There's yeah. a, yeah, there's some, there's some, like, detective-type game where there's, like, a secret note, and you have to close the DS to, like, get the two That's not... that, like combine or whatever. Is that Hotel Dusk? It I don't know. Be. Hotel Dusk is um, another one of those games that has the the dumbest, stupidest, most idiotic adventure game puzzles. And yeah. God, do I love that game. That's another one that I hope gets a remaster. Um, it's just so stylish, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how, like, there's some stuff that was designed for the DS that, like, you you just lose some little fun, like, some little things when you port it. That you just can't do. Um, one of my favorite favorite things was like uh, in the end of nine 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 on the DS. Mm -hmm. There's like a puzzle where you. It's I think it's just like a freaking Sudoku. But it is a Sudoku. I know you, exactly you what to, you're talking about. You have to turn the DS upside down in order to play it. But it actually is like a huge narrative payoff. Because the like yeah. they've been using the two screens to do these this like dual timeline nonsense for the entire game, and suddenly you're like doing something for the other timeline, so you have to do it like by turning the DS upside down and using the other screen, and it feels freaking magical. Yeah, uh, it's like an amazing narrative payoff that you just cannot do in the PC port. It's like just doesn't. It's not yeah. a thing, and it's like really sad. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that um 
that we're never going to have a thing like the DS ever again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do, I guess? That's the that's the Nintendo problem, is they've got their weird gimmick per console now, and it's like, yeah. what are you going to do with this gimmick when the, the hardware gimmick is done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when the hardware doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have, I got uh, Link Between Worlds because I had uh, a friend of mine, like, a year, year and a half ago or something, was like, hey, I'm getting rid of all these old, like, 3DS games, does anybody want them? And, like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, these two are ones that I've been, you know, meaning to get to. And then my, one of my other friends was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, these couple other ones, like, I'd be interested in. And then just, like, because we just never went to his house to pick them up. And so, like, very recently, he's like, uh, do you guys still want these? Like, I've, they've been sitting here. And we're like, ah, shit. And so uh, my other friend went to, like, went to his house and got both her games and my game and picked them up. And through a, through a chain of dropping them off with various friends, I finally got a hold of them. <laughs> That's pretty great. But hey, you and, got them eventually. Yeah, so I got that one and I got Bravely Default, which uh, I've been told is good. So, I feel like I've heard that Bravely Default is very good. I think I will never play those games because I am so mad about the naming conventions where it's like <laughs> Bravely Default and then Bravely Second, but Bravely Second isn't the sequel. Bravely Default 2 is the sequel. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Go away. Yep. Okay. Um... Yeah, no, I've I've heard I've heard good things about Bravely Default. The other one that I have not played, um, if we're talking about Zelda's, is I, I feel like I I still really want to play the 3DS remake of uh, Majora's Mask. I've heard good things about it. I've heard some not good things about it, but I don't know. I just feel like it would be a fun one to play with, um, kind of the, the I, a, a I little bit of quality of life. It's probably better if you have not played Majora's Mask at least recently. It's fair. Which I haven't. I I played that for the the Uncaged Fury stream, and God, is that a weird one? <laughs> like as yeah. as Legend of Zelda games go, like there's a reason this is the one that you make creepy pasta about, right? Like it's it's like needlessly like scarring in certain ways. I think it's probably still my favorite at this point too, which. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that says something about me, but... I mean, you know. I'm not I mean, surprised <laughs> from yeah. what I know of you. Yeah. Even Ocarina of Time is pretty, like, weirdly dark and yeah, creepy. It is. Yeah, but, like, the you you scream uncontrollably whenever you put a mask on <laughs> in a way that's like, you didn't need to do it that way. You didn't think... need to present this as a like a horrifying existential nightmare scenario, the main mechanic of your game. Yeah, I think I think a big part of Majora's Mask being my favorite is that I I didn't play Ocarina of Time when I was a kid, so Majora's Mask is kind of like the first mm. game like that that I think I re- like like the first, first like really Zelda. big game that I really played. Yeah. Um so it, it's a lot of it is just that. Um, but nothing has really come close to the tone, especially like, I don't know, playing that as a kid, um, even if you don't fully understand the ramifications of everything, like it really, I don't know, it just kind of sticks with you in a way. 
<laughs> well, yeah, scarring, emotionally scarring things. I don't we'll know do if I would say that I was emotionally scarred. I was, and I played it as an adult. That's, okay, well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was also playing, like, Space Station Silicon Valley at the same time when I was yeah. a kid, which... No, you you have a much stronger constitution for games than I do. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, no one should play Space Station Silicon Valley slash everyone should play it. Yeah, no, my, my like, Zelda games that have a special place in my heart is uh, the um, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages pair. Those are good, yeah. Um, which, yeah. like, they weren't the first Zelda games I played, but I just, like, I played the hell out of them as a kid on the DS, or and on the, the, whatever it was, like, Game Boy Color, mm -hmm. Game Boy Advance, one of those. Um, and those, yeah, those hold up still. Those are still really good. I was glad to see that those were included in the, like, Game yeah, Boy... Land planned re-releases yeah. Re yeah um like they were solid i also <laughs> my sister and i both played a ton of uh link's awakening on the game boy color mm -hmm. to the point where like my sister got to the point where i think she could beat it in like seven hours or something which is you know like obviously not like a big speed run strat but like she could play it in an afternoon and just yeah. win yeah, good for good for being a kid and not having access to all the speedrun strats, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like not really a big video game person. Like, I think that might be one of the only video games she's ever finished. Um <laughs> or even played for that matter. Um, but she was she just got very good at it because that was the game we had. So Yeah, that was like me and my sister when we were younger. Um, my sister, for some reason, and my, you know, she's like not, she grew out of video games very quickly, um, which I never did. But my sister was very, very good at Donkey Kong Country. And I would always be like, I can't beat this level. I need you to beat this level for me. And by God, she would do it. So. Nice. Yeah, I have a similar story with like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and my sister. Yeah. It was like the only game we played. Well, you know, it's like when, again, this is like the children don't have as much disposable income, right? Like when you're a kid, you have the games that your parents get for you and you just milk them for all they're worth because that's what you got. Yeah. Or like you get to pick like one game for your birthday and you pick Space Station Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's fine. I've played a game that like nobody else on the planet has played. I feel okay about it. <laughs> PlayStation Silicon Valley is just goofy happy times. Except for the severed heads. Um there, there there's severed heads in that game that you gotta collect. Alright. I don't remember that. PlayStation Silicon Valley video game. It's in one of the oh. um oh, the ice a, levels. This art style <laughs> this is of its time for sure. Yeah, I um I played it I played it on stream many years ago. Um, I, say, I think that it's looks still like N sixty four graphics. Yeah, I think it's still up on my YouTube channel if you ever want to check that out without actually having to play the game. It was a fun one because um all, the entire speedrun community of like three people showed up to my stream, <laughs> um nice. so they were they were interesting to have in the chat, um oh. and they were you know floored to see someone just doing a casual play of it. <laughs> um, well, I don't blame them. Yeah. And I, I learned that it's impossible to 100% that game because of them, because there's one trophy that, or like, collectible thing that just doesn't have a hitbox, so you can't collect it. So there's no way to 100% it. That was new trivia for me. 
Yeah, that's that feels like of its era. Yeah. Good like, old good just, old proto rockstar. Yeah, you just didn't have enough playtesting to like test all of the collectibles because it's a long game and you know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What uh, are you gonna do? That's that's pretty funny. But that's cool. Yeah. No, I so you are a little yellow spotted dog of some kind with a stretchy neck. From... So what you actually are is you're a little computer chip and you um all of the animals in the game are robots. You're on a robot planet basically and you basically body hop between different animals and each oh, animal has like a a different set of, you know, two abilities typically. My, like my thesis project. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually. Um so yeah, I'll 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 find that um I'll find those streams and link them to you if you want to just like have an overview of uh what that game is because boy is it something. And very acerbic too. Um like as an adult you're like, "Oh, I all these jokes went over my head." I wonder if the uh if the speedrunners were like real excited cuz they thought there was going to be like a new person in the speedrun community. <laughs> And nope, it's just you. <laughs> no, it's just me. There was one person who I was trying to, like, I don't know, traverse some part of the level, um, not knowing the correct way to do it, and one of them was like, oh, did you just come up accidentally with a new speedrun strategy? And they're like, I gotta go test this out. And they left for a little while and came back, and you're like, no, it, it's not a new speedrun strategy, <laughs> but it was a cool thought. <laughs> I was like, alright, cool, whatever, I guess. That's fun. Uh, yeah. All sorts of communities out there. Yeah, that's you gotta love the the really dedicated like you know handful of people communities around the games that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, they they are in some ways like the lifeblood of the speedruns. <laughs> There's like the people who speedrun like the big classics, your Mario sixty fours and your Super Metroids, <laughs> and then there's the people who are like, you know, uh, on at two a.m. on GDQ, like yeah, this is like, you know. Andy's Dreamland Slumber Time, <laughs> where it was released for like the Game Boy Color and sold four copies. And... Yeah, that's the other the other game that I've played that I think nobody else has ever played was on the DS. It's called Soul Bubbles, and it was a Toys R Us exclusive. Um, surprisingly, a fun game where you have to like move a little bubble around using the stylus. And it's uh, like avoid obstacles and collect stuff. It's uh, it's not a lot going on, but it is a surprisingly good game that I would recommend pirating. I guess because that's the only way you can play it. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, glad we're not doing that anymore, though. Like single retailer exclusives for games. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess they still do sometimes like um, pre-order bonuses for different uh like retailers yeah that's true which like okay whatever um oh speaking of pre-orders they uh they announced the dlc for, for pokemon scarlet violet yeah oh i'm, I'm probably gonna pre-order it don't pre-order it i know it's like not just buy it but I could get a I could get an exclusive uh, Zoro Hisuian Zoroark if I pre-order it. Damn. I mean, that's uh, a pretty good get. And I know I'm gonna get it anyway, even if it's bad. So, like, why not? Fair. Right? 
yeah, you know. <sighs> I need. I never finished Arceus. I need to actually finish Arceus. I, I really liked Arceus. I hope they do more games in that style. Because, yeah. like... Like catching catching all the Pokemon is my favorite part of the Pokemon game, and being able to actually like sort of action style like try and follow and and catch Pokemon like that was that was real solid. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that one. Yeah, I have a. I mean, my problem is that I buy games on the Switch and then I never finish them. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like that, and I haven't finished like Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah, um, neither have we. How can uh, I got that to play together, and then we just kind of like stopped. I do love the Kirby. Um, what else haven't I? I've got I've got like several games that I bought that I have not even played once. Like the Super Monkey Ball, bought it, bought like the collector's edition of it even because I do like Monkey Ball. I <laughs> just like I think I played it once. Eh. What are you gonna do? It's there when I want it. Yeah. So the guilt shelf, the shelf of games sitting there going like, really? You you still haven't? You know, like how long have you had this game now? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the um the Shin Chan Millennium Kitchen game is getting a limited run release, which I absolutely must buy. Okay. That's an absolutely must buy. Absolutely must. Absolutely must. Is, um, is Shin Chan that little like? Is the little yes. boy who little is rude? Boy but the, the so the the, the real bulgy cheek. <laughs> yeah, he does the ass dance. The real the real like draw for that is not that it's a Shin Chan game, it's that it's a Millennium Kitchen game. Um, who they have a series of games called like My Summer Story, and it's just games about being a young kid on summer vacation in rural areas in Japan, and none of them got localized. They have one game that they made um, on the DS or 3DS that was part of the, um, I think it was like the, the level five, like just a bunch of Japanese devs made little indie games for digital release only. And that's the, <laughs> the only game that they ever made that got localized. It was called Attack of the Tokyo Monster, or Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale. Yeah, and this is like their first big release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good game. It's like their games all have such a beautiful, like, faux nostalgia feel. Like it makes you nostalgic for something you've never experienced, which is hmm. being a child on summer vacation in rural Japan. <laughs> um, so that's that's the draw is that it's a Millennium Kitchen game, and I... So, Millennium Kitchen, I take it, is the name of the developers, and the it's studio, not some yeah. kind of weird, epic cooking game. No, uh, though, which was my I, first would, thought, but... I would play that, for sure. Epic cooking game. Millennium um, Kitchen does sound like one of those, like, super over-the-top cooking anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that anime and play the game, but no, that's the... Yeah, that's the studio. Um, okay. So, yeah. Oh, I'm getting real into my, my niche stuff that I like. We should probably talk about the podcast games, maybe. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I mean, I guess these games are sort of niche. Um, we could we could have we could have probably spun off from uh, our speedrun talk because uh, yeah. that is how I discovered the game Love. Um, was I was watching the speedrun of one of the sequel games. Uh, on GDQ, and I'm like, this seems like an interesting concept. 
Um, and then I learned that it was only like 40 minutes long and I'm like, okay, okay. That seems like a thing that I could, even though it seems hard, I can give 40 minutes of my life to doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those games where like, yes, there is a speed run mode. So obviously no, you know that there is like incentive to speed run it, but even beyond that, I felt like I did the best at love when I was like, just keep, just keep moving in the direction you need to move in. Don't think. Yep. Just move and jump. Don't stop. <laughs> and it, yeah. 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 Don't don't think about it. Don't think about the timing. Just do it. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's fun. a borderline massacre uh platformer uh with where the main gimmick is that you can uh set the checkpoint anywhere you want. So you hit a button and your respawn point, you know, sets wherever you want. And if you put it in a dangerous spot, it can be destroyed. Um, so you got to be a little bit careful. Um, but yeah, basically you can use that to to help you get through what is a, a very difficult game. Uh, Carl, you want to talk about your experience with it? Yeah. Sure, I didn't know you could set respawn points. Carl, once again, has proven himself the proest gamer of the podcast. <laughs> I yeah. am epic gamer. Epic gamer. I also yeah. started to hate this game. That's fair. Because the very levels get very long. Yeah, and difficult. It's a very hard game. And it made a lot of sense when I realized you could respawn. Yeah, like that's the main and, gimmick. Uh, I can't hate the game anymore. However, <laughs> since then I went and played through it quickly again mm -hmm. with respawns. And I think I prefer it without. Oh, really? Wow, twist. Okay, maybe it's too early before we talk about what the game is, but being able to set respawns at any point made me lose any sort of tension before any sort of jump. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, there are some stretches of levels that you have to do in one go because like you can only set a spawn point when you're like standing on solid ground and there are some places where you don't stand on solid ground for a while yeah um but yes no like it does uh it does trivialize stuff in certain ways because you can kind of brute force things um and just get lucky where it's like okay i'm saving right before this drop that has like an a really precise timing I'm just gonna like spam, like hold to the right and drop until I get through and then save. I got so good at those drop timings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I assume there is a mode that is like YOLO mode where you get one life for the entire game. So it's not just you have to do each level uh, with without, uh, you know, like in one go, you have to do the whole thing in one go. Um, but like that's. Yeah, that's too rich for my blood, for sure. I didn't even play that. So that they give you a variety of different modes to, to play. Um, the babyest, which is the only one that I played, is unlimited checkpoints and unlimited lives. Just, like, complete the game. Yep. Um, there is also a mode that is uh, unlimited checkpoints, but exactly 100 lives. And so you have to finish within 100 lives. I'm pretty sure I did not finish within a hundred lives. So if I had been in that mode, I probably would have failed. Um, then there's like the yellow one and then there's a speed run mode. Is there, is that it? Is there another one? I mean, you can also select 
each level separately. Yeah, that's true. You can you can do ILs as they are called in the speedrun community. Um, individual levels, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's very like minimalist. You know, like like three color, two three colors pixel art, like not very detailed. Um, they do a lot with very little, I would say, in kind of giving the environments a sort of specific, you know, like a, a very certain feel to them. Yeah, I, um, love, I love the animations of the character. Yeah, there's like yeah, six different really death animations. Yeah, there's so many death animations. And even stuff like when you're on like a bounce pad, just like the way his legs go like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like that's completely unnecessary, but I love that it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and every level feels really distinct, um, like visually and also in in terms of um, like the kind of obstacles that you're going to encounter. Yeah. So, yeah, really appreciate the, how much they were able to do with uh, three colors. Uh, yeah. Or, I you think know. in some ways that's a benefit of making it so simple, right? Mm -hmm. Is that like, you know, if you don't have a complex 3D model, it's you can do a lot more dramatic animations on your tiny little pixel stick figure. Um, it sounds so hard to make like animations that sticks out with so little. Yeah, that read well. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, they it's it's very polished for the tiny little game that it is, which is which is very appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um. The music is also very good, but it's uh, the tracks. There's like fewer tracks than there are levels, so they reuse some of them, and some of them are kind of short. And it felt to yeah. me like the kind of ultimate uh, like insult when I was playing a level and the track ran out and had to. There was like a pause and then it started again, and I'm like, "Oh, you expected me to get through this faster." Yeah, I did that I'm several sorry. times. That happened to me uh, a number of times. Yeah. As well. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's just, it, it, it feels bad. And I mean, like, I'm sure that's, that, that's not the intention. Um, it's just, uh, it just, it made me feel like I was bad at the game. Uh, which, to be fair, I was very bad at the game. Yeah, me too. That's fine. But the, it's, you know. The checkpoint mechanic means that I could get through it, which, if it was, like, a harder Massacre game without that, I might have just given up in frustration. So, you know, <laughs> uh, pluses and minuses, I guess. Yeah. This is definitely a game that, like, I would I would play for a while and get frustrated and just, like, stop and come back. Not even that much longer, like, not, you know, a, a long time from when I left. Like, give myself, like, 10, 15 minutes to come back and be like, okay, it's, it's fine. Cool down. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, any any section in particular that, like, that you that you want to shout out as, as being uh, angering? Because I have one. I, 13 and 11. I don't remember the numbers. Yeah, I don't remember the numbers it's either. the one with the teeth in the beginning. And the second one is the one with the the like circle thingy that goes around. Mm, I like the the big circle one. I thought that one was like really rad. Yeah, I, it was rad, but I didn't have any checkpoints. Oh, it's fair. Yeah, if you're doing yeah. without checkpoints. I will say, I think my favorite level, um, just because it was a cool concept, is the one where you're kind of just like inside of a monster type like just this weird kind of 
undefined creature, but there's like teeth and saliva everywhere, and it's weird and organic. I don't know. I was not expecting a level like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the my my angering one was the um the one mechanic where there's the like little platforms that move with you when you're standing on them and you move. It's in like the ice level. Oh yeah yeah um, yeah. Like I I hated those platforms. I kept like landing on the edge and then it didn't register me as standing on them. So when I tried to move the platform, I would just walk off the platform. Um, and like little frustrations like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, the, the environmental storytelling stuff was, was cool. It's like, it's very minimal because it's not trying to embed a narrative. Um, like you can go full bore with that. I feel like, um, it, I was thinking last night about it and thinking about, um, do you guys remember Mushroom 11, which we played back when? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one that does like goes much more full bore into the like storytelling with environment and level design. And this one is just kind of like each level is sort of evocative in a certain way, but it's not really strung together in any way that's particularly meaningful, which is yeah, fine. It's real vibe hours. Yeah, it's very vibe based for sure. Yeah, I kind of like that it doesn't try to do that. Because, like, it is a short and sweet, like, jumping uh, game, platforming. Yeah, yeah. And... it's it's not what the game is about. And, I, like, that's fine. Like, I you could do some really cool stuff with it, but it's not... I don't hold it against it that it's not trying to. Yeah. But, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. Let's... What, what does, uh... What does Steam say? How long it did it actually take me? Um... 47 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> Carl's at 69 minutes. Nice. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's still less than an hour, which for, for that's about how long I can tolerate a game of that difficulty, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I have, I have a certain amount of patience for games that are very, very hard, and this was within the tolerance of that patience, so... Yeah, the checkpoints checkpoints go a long way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I fully, like, you know, when the checkpoints, as you were saying before, Kelso, like, they kind of allow you to put yourself in a sort of speedrunny kind of mindset of, like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go and, like, try and feel my way through the flow of this next section. Mm -hmm. Um and like I I respect that. Like that I wouldn't, you know, otherwise I'm like sitting there being like tense and precious over every single jump. And this time I'm like, no, I like now I, I, I can kind of feel a glimpse of what it might be like to be good at this game. <laughs> I'm not, but like I can I can see there from here. Yeah. So and sometimes that's like... all you need. Yeah, what I would like, and maybe they do something like that in the later games, because there's multiple, and is some kind of drawback for using a checkpoint. Mm. Or like, because, so you have to like make a choice of like, when can I use my checkpoint? Yeah, as opposed to just willy-nilly scattering them everywhere. Yes, like, if you're on safe ground, yes, spam checkpoint, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
uh, and as you say, maybe they do. Maybe there are other modes in the later games. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I can see like if you're the sort of person who gets into it, um, like playing this game and then being like, oh man, I'm gonna get really good at this and learn to speed run it and like learn to do a real good job. Um, I can't see myself ever doing that. Like I don't. As much as I liked it, I probably won't pick up the sequels. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I only need to play this kind of thing very infrequently, and I'm like, yep, that's... I did it. Yep, that's I sure the did. thing. <laughs> that is indeed tried, the I thing. I tried to search for Lod on Steam to get the sequels. I should oh. turn on safe search or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh... Armor sequels. I know one of the sequels starts with uh, um, Kuso is, yeah, I was going to say starts with a K. Love 2 is called Kuso. Um, and then is the third one just Love 3? I think so. That sounds right. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, interesting. Love 3 uh, 2021 includes all levels from the previous games. So you could just get Love 3 and then play all of it, basically. The thing they were doing in um, in the speedrun, which was really cool, was uh, they unveiled a custom level that had been built just for GDQ. Oh, um, cool. Have I been saying GDC? I meant GDQ. Um, is, uh, and so the, the, it was like a race um, between three or four players. And they had to sight read the level. They had to like figure it out on the fly, uh, which was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds I like cool. that. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a vod that's <laughs> maybe worth going back and checking out. It's a very uh, good game for like sight reading stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it has. They have a lot of. Uh, they mix it up with different mechanics as you're going through like there's you know they at one point they introduced bouncy platforms and there's the little like side to side running platforms and there's <clears throat> dripping obstacles and spinning obstacles and teleporters and um like slow fall areas and like they 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 try and kind of mix up what you're doing as you go through so that it doesn't you know feel like doing just the same thing over and over I would list them all, but I don't remember them because it has now been a little bit since I played it. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, I feel like it's kind of one of those games where it's like, okay, here's the thing, and now we're not going to do that thing anymore. Yeah. Which sometimes, like, that can, like, bother me, where I'm like, oh, you, like, you know, I feel like you didn't use this to its fullest potential. Um, and you could have you know, like, you could have done so much more than this. But this is such a little, like, I don't know, series of bite-sized level, you know, like, one-shot mm -hmm. level experiences. It it feels, I don't know, somehow appropriate, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, one. and it's always, it's always very, like, clear what you're doing and yeah. how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, I should say, there is no text and no tutorials of any kind in this game, which is why Carl did not know that you could send oh, spawn points. There is a tutorial. Is there? Yes. It's in, you can enter it in the menu. 
did I just miss it? Or did I did I play it and forget? I think Somewhere. I just missed it. I don't I'm looking now and I can't find it. But I know there is somewhere. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, clearly you did not use it, considering you did not know about the button. But there's, like, there are, you know, the only, there's there's the, your movement stick, and then there's the four face buttons. Two of them are leave checkpoint, one of them is jump, and one of them is die and respawn at your checkpoint. Um, which is useful if you, like, if it's a level with where you're going upwards and you like fall down to an earlier point of the level and you just want to go back to where you were. Oh, I found it. It's in the options. <laughs> there, okay, there's a tutorial hidden in the options menu. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. I I did not end up finding it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, for to their credit, as long as you experiment with all of the buttons, um the the actual levels read very well and it is usually pretty clear um uh what you are supposed to be doing right like oh things that look like bottomless pits that you shouldn't fall down are generally bottomless pits that you shouldn't fall down and most of the level is in one color and things that are important are in white most of like you are in white most of the things that will kill you are in white and sometimes, like, certain, like, bouncy platforms and things are in white. Um, so it's black, white, and A color. Yeah. And so they, they have very, you know, clear communication with the player through the design. And that's well appreciated. Like, you know, that's not always easy to do. Uh, and they they really nailed it. So good for them. Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshot that Carl posted from the tutorial, and he is such a little pixel man. It's not even like, <laughs> it's not even like complex pixels. Like he is made up of like a double digit number of pixels, and it's a low double digits. Sixteen, I count. Sixteen, yeah, I just yeah. counted too. <laughs> yeah, this is a little sixteen pixel man, not sixteen bit like pixels. It's literally 16 pixels. Yep. That's all you need. Any more, and you're just being spoiled. Yep. And, I guess. Uh, and god, there's, like, the, the fact that it cycles through a bunch of different death animations is, like, pretty funny to me. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we realize this is a thing you're going to be doing a lot, so we'll make it entertaining to watch at least. Yeah. Might as well have fun with it. Um, yeah. So that is love. Um, and then we played another game because this is four in February and that's how it works. Uh, called The Looker as well. Speaking of games that start with L O. Um, games to have fun with. Yep. Uh, so The Looker, uh, is a parody of The Witness. Um, God, where to start with the liquor? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I still haven't played The Witness. I was like, maybe I'll play a little bit of The Witness. Because I think I, I have it somewhere. Um, maybe I'll play a little bit of that just so I like have the frame of reference I, that I didn't. Well, uh, that's like... interesting to me. Because like playing The Looker really emphasized for me some of the things that The Witness like really excels at. 
and how you can feel the lack of them in this game. Um, uh, here's, here's where I'll start. I'm going to start arbitrarily in the middle of things. Why do comedy games feel the need to put an arbitrary horror section in the middle randomly? I hate oh, that, and I want it to stop. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, Kyle's going to have something to say about this. <laughs> Why? I'm Why think did you of do more that? Games that do this. Uh, Superliminal did it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's mainly this and Superliminal are my two points of re reference, but like, man, fuck that. I hate that. Because <laughs> then I spent like the entire rest of the game being tense and feeling like a jump scare was about to happen to me. And like the it marred the whole second half of the game. I actually did get jump scared by something outside of the uh, outside <laughs> of the scary section. Yeah. Um, it it was um, if you go up on the the roof, uh, and you look through the telescope, um, you you do oh, yeah. get an achievement for it. But you look oh, at yeah. the telescope, which is pointed directly at the sun, and I was like. Oh, what does this do? Um, so I guess I was like the target audience for that um, that achievement. But like you go, you like you you get an audio cue that's like, oh, why did I do that? And that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, it is sudden and loud. Um, yeah, no. So I guess actually the best way to describe the looker is to start by describing the witness. Um, if you haven't played the witness, uh, the witness is a game by the creator of Braid. Um, which is about learning in games in a lot of ways. Um, it has basically one type of puzzle in it, which is um, a puzzle where you, you start at the like large bulbous end of a path of a, like a single line, and you follow that line to the end of the path. Um, and there are sprinkled throughout, there are like, half a dozen to a dozen different complicating mechanics that make the that make the puzzles harder like some of them have special shapes in there that have certain meanings and you know some of them will like use colors in like unusual ways um <clears throat> there's ones there's like one section of puzzles where you like have to listen to sounds to solve the puzzle um and each of these mechanics is embedded in a region of the game um, where you have to go to that area. Uh, and like, if you find that area, you find what is effectively the embedded tutorial, where it starts with like the simplest possible version of this mechanic and then builds in complexity until you understand fully how the mechanic works. And then you can understand and use the mechanic whenever you find it elsewhere in the world, gating you off from stuff. And it's... <clears throat> It's like really a masterclass on how to do tutorial design in games via like forcing the player to use a mechanic rather than explaining how a mechanic works. Um, and it's it's very cool, and it's <clears throat> it also has some like interesting twists uh, with the way it places puzzles in like unexpected locations. Um, and it is also unfortunately. Um, as kind of as braid was to some extent fairly yeah. pretentious right like yeah <laughs> yeah um there's a lot of little tape recorders littered around the game that have like philosophy excerpts there's a there's a bunch of like hidden puzzles you can solve that give you keys to like watch 
um, like clips from documentaries and art films in this like secret basement and it's all <clears throat> like trying it like feels like it's trying to say something very profound about the nature of life and like there's a one of the endings is a sequence where you like wake up and this has all been like a VR thing the whole time and it's like a, a live action video sequence about the designing of the puzzles and like <clears throat> that's just kind of a bit confusing and very open to interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why my throat's getting all weird, but play the yeah, witness, it... but ignore everything about those kind of sections. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you take it on its game design elements, the witness is very, very good. Um if you're like a lot of the sort of like, you know, pretentious artsiness stuff is kind of eye roll generating. And I mean some people get really into that and like you know, that's their favorite part of the game. And I, I don't mean to trash it. Like, I'm sure it's it's very, you know, I'm sure it's for a certain audience that appreciates it. But, like, it's it's not what's interesting to me about the, the game. And it did catch a lot of flack uh, for, like, how pretentious those parts were. Um, so this game <laughs> does some commentary on uh, on many aspects of The Witness. So The Looker has... Uh, um, its version of the single puzzle mechanic is the word start and the word end, and you just have to draw a line between them. Uh, and sometimes it has like little mazes, uh, that you know you are encouraged to do, but a lot of the mazes you can just like draw around the outside and don't have to engage with at all. Yep. Um, or you can do like something else stupid and dumb. <clears throat> um, there are one or two like actual puzzles involved. Yeah, uh, where you have to figure out something clever, um, or I'm like actually surprised that like maybe not all of them, but like the chess puzzle was quite clever. I think for yeah, a, like parody joke game that's mm -hmm. free. Yeah, and even the one to kind of get into the little, um, the little chess puzzle area. Like I had to actually like it tricked me at first. I'm like, oh. Oh, I see. I have to actually change the way I'm thinking in order to solve this. Um, and then there's a lot of gimmicky ones where it's like, uh, oh, you use the line drawing to like fire a cannon at some ships, or um, you actually like there's a there's a sign that says "Do not enter," and you actually just scribble all over it until it lets you in. Um, there's a version of it that's like the game Snake, the the arcade game. Uh, there's a version of it where you use it as like a first-person shooter mechanic. Um, so they're they're riffing on this kind of idea of taking one mechanic and you know, like elaborating on it in interesting ways. Um, the problem is that they they're not as good at the gra gradual tutorial thing as the witnesses. So there are definitely times where like if they're trying to do something that's not exactly the thing you did before, it's it's a little unclear how you're supposed to engage with the thing or at least it was for me um, yeah like the unfortunately i did end up looking up the how to get into the do not enter sign because i did the thing like i i so my first thought was like oh there is it starts with the word stop in big letters 
and then it says do not enter. So I should connect the S of stop for, you know, for the word start to the E of do not enter. And that'll do it. And that did not do it. Um, and Which then is I funny got... because it does that. That logic does work several times throughout the game. In um, other puzzles. Yeah. yeah. But not in this That's one. That's how you start Snape. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then I got frustrated and started just like drawing a bunch on the sign and like I I drew on the sign like three or four different times, but I guess I didn't do it in exactly the way that you need to do it to open the door. Um, so I just ended up looking it up, and it was like, yeah, scribble all over the sign, and I'm like, I I thought I did that. Um, and so I just did it again, and then it just worked that time. I guess I yeah. probably didn't like have one continuous line in the previous ones or something. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe it's like you have to do it. So that, like a certain percentage of the sign is covered. I felt like I had to do it for a lot longer than I was expecting, which is why I also had to look it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also they also parody um, the like the sort of pretentious aspects of it. Uh, they have a lot of this like sort of similar visuals that are evocative of the witness in the main area. Um, and they have little tape recorder type things that you. Uh, that you can um, press, and they, they do a variety of things. Some of them are, like, um, pretentious to the point where it's, like, clearly parody. Yeah. They don't mean anything. There's one that, like, starts off really dramatic and then becomes a car commercial, which I think was my favorite. I think my favorite one was the one um, that is, like, kind of a monologue, and then it's excerpt from Italo Calvino's Invisible Cities 2. This time it's visible, which is such a perfect one because I don't know what it is about Invisible Cities that is, like, this is the thing that you read if you're if you're cool and smart. Like, I mean, it's really I, good. It is really thing. good. It is really good, Invisible and I don't... Cities. Yeah, no, and so do the, I, and I, I and just don't understand that's... why it's become, like, shorthand for... Um, like, I'm a smart artsy person. Yeah, that's Because fair. it is just good. Yeah. Um, and the, I, when, when it started, I was like, is, wait, Kublai Khan and, uh, yeah. and Marco Polo, is this Invisible Cities? And then, yeah, and then it sort of derailed over time, and I'm like, okay, this is a parody of Invisible Cities. Yeah. I like the chess quote that was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> complete opposites of each other, and our real chess quotes. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, there were like two Bobby Fisher quotes, right? Yeah. And one one was like about studying the game, and one was about like it was don't... just I hate chess, I hate chess, I hate yeah. chess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, the as mentioned, there's like a whole little unnecessary horror section where there's like a a TV screen, a staticky TV screen, and when you draw a line on it, it, like, bleeds, and then there's, like, a a ghost and a, like, jump-scare knight in armor kind of thing. I'm like... But they give you a gun, so it's fine. You have a fucking gun for that <laughs> section, which, like, okay. Um, like, I don't know. Even that, like, did not help me. With like being scared. Um. Uh, what else? So then, like the the end of the game. Um. There's like a you get out into this garden and you have to find your way into the center of the garden, and like read this, like do the puzzles in this book. And this is kind of the one part that's sort of mimicking 
badly uh, how The Witness does puzzle progression, where it's like, oh, here's a series of things, and it's meant to like teach you uh, the mechanic, but really only the last puzzle in that book actually matters, and you can just write down the order of the symbols that you're supposed to to follow, and that yeah. lets you solve the like penultimate puzzle. Um, and then you go and do the like drawing in the environment puzzle, uh, and it's drawing a dick. The whole thing is just one one like extended dick joke. <laughs> I will so... say, I I think my absolute favorite gag in the entire game was um, right before uh, whatever the uh, the you know right before you get into the last tower to do the draw in the environment one, you like do a puzzle that starts this device. Oh. That points the yeah. laser at the at the solar array, um, and it's just like so convoluted. Like a like a door opens on top of this big gold box, and a thing comes out of it, and then another hatch opens, and a thing comes out of that, and the laser points, and it's not pointed at the thing, and then it points in the wrong direction, and then another arm like comes out and like actuates and pushes the laser into the. It's like it's just so yeah. stupid and overwrought, and I love shit like that. Yeah, it is. That is very specifically uh parodying a thing in the witness because in I the figured, witness yeah. when you when you finish each like major section of like oh i learned a new mechanic um it culminates in there's a big laser that like pops up and points towards the tower and your goal is to like turn on enough lasers to get uh like into the mountain gotcha. um and they take a long time to activate like they're not this yeah. convoluted they've only got like three or four like things that have to open but they're very slow so like you just sit there and watch it happen for like what feels like ages and so this one that this was pretty funny where yeah it's like you sit there and you watch it and it's doing like 17 different like every time you think like oh okay this is the last thing it's doing it ends up being slightly wrong and then it does a <laughs> different thing to correct itself and yeah it's that's pretty cute yeah yeah I would um, say, like, I like that it feels like the creator really likes the witness. Yeah, it doesn't feel mean. Yeah, no, uh, and it has a, a lot of, like, too. details from, like, the live-action ending to... Yeah. To the the parody of Braid poster that shows up that's just called Ponytail, I think. Yeah, yeah. and uh, when, you, when you draw a line on it, the line erases itself in reverse. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which is a good gag. I think my favorite gag is the uh, the rusty hint button. Yeah, the rusty oh. hint button. Because <laughs> there's a there's a shiny hint button on one wall, and when you press it, it just like encourages you, uh, unless you press it too much, at which point it it like actually like <laughs> says something mean. Um, but uh, around the corner, there's another hint button that's like rusty and it's sitting in a garbage can with like a lit cigarette and whiskey next to it and it just talks in this like overwrought noir voice and like does these really like uh you know oh in, in my day and you know weird noir yeah. metaphors and it's it's real great i like that button yeah yeah it was um well executed for what ended up being a big long dick joke um yeah. and that's fine it's 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 like the garden path shaggy dog version of a dick joke um and <laughs> really? i i appreciate those kinds of things so yeah it yeah, was a good I mean, dick joke it caught me off say, guard 
I was going to say, as dick jokes go, it was definitely one of the better dick jokes I've seen. I mean, yeah, for a game about drawing on, on surfaces, uh, they really, really just waited uh, yeah, and they were held very that, restrained. Because, right? man, they you could have put that dick joke in, in about a billion different places, but yeah, that you, you save it for just the very end, the chef's kiss. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, no, I mean, as as Carl said, I, you know, there was some worry going into it. It's very possible for parodies to feel very mean spirited and like aggressive and angry towards their source material. And I didn't really get that vibe from this. Yeah, uh, no. this just kind of felt like goofy and dumb. And, uh, you know, it's it was it was what it was. And it's, I think it took me more than an hour, but, like, not much more, so. Yeah. What did, how long did I play the looker? I played for 111 minutes, which is, um, what, hour 40, hour 50? Nearly, nearly two hours. Um, but I did, I, that is including the little bit of time I went back to, like, hunt for a couple achievements that I had missed. Um, such as looking in the telescope, and uh, if you go backwards from the starting area, there's like a oh, yeah. like a shoot first person shooter style like a recovery room with like a med kit and, and uh, ammo, and you can pick it up, which is like I don't know, it's a cute joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, play the witness, because uh, the witness is actually probably... like really good. I should play the witness. I should probably do that. That's a gap in my literacy. Ugh. Um, it's very, it's very solid. And like I say, it's uh, you know, if you ignore all the like weird, pretentious parts of it, it is actually kind of a a masterclass in how games cause us to learn. Um, in a way that's that's really cool. They could have added some music, some ambient music. The witness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's not a perfect game, but the thing it does well, it does really well. Yeah, that's fair. And 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 it does have some bullshit stuff in it, where the same way that like Braid had some bullshit stuff in it, where it's like, oh, you know, in order to complete this puzzle, you have to watch this hour-long video, and you can't like just leave it on because you have to have like the mouse clicked and moving ever so slowly like the entire time and you know like bullshit like that but you don't most of that stuff is you don't have to do it to get to an ending um it's just for for people who are doing completionist stuff i could yeah. never the game yeah, has so no, many I... puzzles yeah that's, that's i'm not <laughs> so many puzzles and so and so, so many of them are like like just really obscure or frustrating to do so, um, but you, like I said, you don't have to do those to get to an ending. Um, you and uh, you don't even have to do it to get to the like weird video ending. The weird video ending is uh, is an ending that you do once <clears throat> once you have beaten the game once and you start the game over. You will notice things in the starting area that you uh, you only notice because the game has taught you how to look for them. Uh, and if you know how to look for them, you can solve them, and then it goes straight to that ending. So it's kind of like a, an Easter egg for like showing you how how much your brain has changed, basically, from when you started the game to when you have 
completed the game, which I think is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Outer Wilds playthroughs uh, recently, and that's kind of like... That is also a game that rewires your brain to look at things in a certain way, mm -hmm. where it's like, because it's all about information and the understanding that you develop as the player, like a player who knows the truth of the game looking at a situation is very different than a player who's come to it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's always kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, if you would rather watch a, a Let's Play of The Witness instead of uh, playing it yourself, uh, I do recommend... It's a very, like, low production quality Let's Play um, because the people doing it are not Let's Players. Um, but there's a there's a channel... Um, God, what is it? What is it called? I'll have to find it. Um, but there's a channel run by two guys who do Sudokus. And that's their, like, their main channel. They, they do, like, logic game puzzles and they specialize in Sudoku. Uh, and, like, everyone, because they're such... Cra uh, cracking the Cryptic? Something the cryptic. Um, the cryptic. YouTube. I think it's cracking the cryptic. Yeah. Um, and they're just two, like, very pleasant middle-aged British men <laughs> um, who just really like puzzles. And uh, somebody convinced them to stream The Witness. <laughs> Uh, and they, they love puzzles like this. So they, you know, they get like very excited every time the game does something clever with the puzzles. Like, oh, oh, that was sneaky. Like, oh, that was so clever. <laughs> like, um, and that, that they are very like charming to watch. I'm still recovering from the fact that there is a YouTube channel devoted to two guys doing Sudokus. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. I love that there you can find anything you want on the internet, um, for better yeah. or worse. Like if you think yeah. there's only one, you're you're in for in for <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. that's. And fair. I mean, it's obviously it's not for the most part these days like just standard Sudoku's. Yeah. It's like weird Sudoku's with a twist or like a special rule set or you know other. Like they they also do other logic puzzles and stuff, but you know they're they're fun and they've they're fairly pro surprisingly prolific. Um, cracking, let's see, cracking the cryptic. They have um, five hundred twenty one thousand subscribers. Um, was that true? Do they have thirty seven thousand videos? Whoa! Wait, what? That it says three point seven k videos. Um, maybe that includes shorts. Let's see. But I mean, they they do post like, you know, at least one puzzle a day, sometimes more. So maybe. But that seems like a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm seeing too. Looking them up, so that must be it. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of uh, a lot of Sudoku's. Um. Yeah, but you can you can look at the just the thumbnails of uh of yeah. these videos and get a pretty good idea of the sort of um God, it know. does make me feel like I wish I enjoyed doing anything as much as these two guys like doing sudokus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, that way yes. when I watch uh Karen Puzzles doing jigsaw puzzles. Yeah. 
Damn. You just gotta find your Sudoku. I, ah, man, I'm 33 years old. I should have found my Sudoku by now. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? The miracle Sudoku with just four circles. The Sudoku with only one visible cell? Question mark, exclamation point. The perfectly symmetrical Sudoku tree. The extraordinary 72 cell Sudoku puzzle. Ooh. Yeah, there's, it's just, it's just a lot of Sudokus and, and similar puzzles. But yeah, let's see uh, if I search the witness. Um, okay, they do have a playlist. Simon plays the witness, uh, or Sudoku expert <clears throat> plays the witness. Um, and it's like nine videos. They're about two hours a piece. Um, and at least, at, at, like, eight of them is the main game, and then they do one extra one where they do, um, like, the one of the harder challenge run parts of the game. There's a sequence, uh, there's, like, a hidden sequence you can find um, that's called the music box puzzle, because at the beginning of the sequence, in order to turn it on, uh, you have to turn on, like, a little music box, and it starts playing uh, in the Hall of the Mountain King. Um, and you have until the song finishes to complete a gauntlet of puzzles, some, most of which are at least partially randomly generated, so you can't just memorize them. Um, oh, no. And so it's, uh, yeah, so it's like, do, do X number of puzzles in this short time span. And as you, as you know, if you know, uh, Under the Howl of the Mountain King, which is the, like, do, 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 that one. Um. The the song starts fairly slow and gets more and more intense as it goes. Yeah, so that's like, the perfect song for that. Yeah, as you're running out of time, it's like super bombast and like full orchestra wailing away, and it's great. <laughs> uh, nice. We gotta get we gotta get the Sudoku boys onto Zumbinis. <laughs> yeah, it might be too easy for them. They're they're very well attuned to logic puzzles. They put Zumbinis on hard mode. Isn't there isn't there difficulty modes in Zumbinis? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. It, yeah, it, okay. It ramps up and gets harder as you do a path, from what I remember. Like the yeah, you have difficulty settings. Did do you also? Okay. <laughs> yeah, get them on Zumbinis. Yeah, the Pip Zumbini. Yeah, they also like people convince them after that to play. I think. Um, uh, Return of the Oberdin as well, which, like, yeah. to be honest, is much less that their kind of game. Like, that's much more of a sort of environmental observation detective game than it is a puzzle game. Um, so I don't know that they did many, um, many more Let's Plays after that. But, like, The Witness was, like, a perfect Let's Play game for them. So. Yeah. <sighs> Do love Return of the Oberdin. That was a good one. Oh, interesting. They've got a stream called Has the Witness Returned? Let's play Taiji. Uh, which I've never heard of. Maybe we should play Taiji for the pod. Oh, they play oh, they played the looker. I'll have to go look at I'll have to go watch that. <laughs> Taiji. Taiji. Yeah. T-A-I-J-I. -I. Okay. Interesting. Oh, it came out. Well, like recently, like last September. Um, okay. Puzzle panels and uncover meaning of the symbols. 
Yeah, so it looks like it's kind of a similar to the witness kind of thing. I don't know. I'll look into it. Maybe we'll put it in the hopper and see if uh if we want to tackle it at some point. Yeah. Um speaking of games that we will play. Yeah, speaking, speaking of games, of that, games we play. that we will play. So we're not gonna do any shorts game this time. We're gonna do Timberborn, a city builder with beavers by Mechanistry. Yeah. Which is technically in early access, but we're doing it anyway. Yep. It's been in early access for a while, so it's one of those like long term early access games. Yeah, it's probably basically what it's gonna be by now, you would think. Yeah. I would think, but it, yeah. It, it's also one of the games where a lot of people have played it and said it is really good. Yeah, so it's it's a thing that's been on our radar for probably like around a year at this point, and we're like, oh, well, we'll wait till it comes out of early access. And then like a year goes by and we're like, well, let's just play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like city be- builders. I like beavers. Uh, I'm curious about the combination of the two. Yeah, anything with a cute animal gimmick, uh, I'm in. So, uh, it doesn't take much to get me to get me on board. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we'll see if they do anything interesting with it. It's possible it's just an aesthetic on top of a a game that has no relation to the um, the um, affordances of a beaver. Oh but... God, we're gonna get Tyler Tyler Beaver fact. Yeah, I'm gonna be hashtag animal facts. Beaver facts. Animal um, facts. I I'll love it. Learn. I'll have to love learn it when animal facts that. Kyla shows up. I'll have to learn some more about beavers. I only know so much about beavers currently, but I'll have to do some research. Uh, but yeah, Timberborn. Um, it's on Steam. Um, it is full price right now. I have we have seen it on sale before, which is interesting that it's uh goes on sale for a game that's still technically early access, which I think is how you know that it's still like it's like a mostly playable game at this point. Um but yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We don't do that's a it. ton of ton of city builders uh on this on this pod, mostly because it's hard to find a lot to say about them. Uh so we'll see. It, it the the pod may end up being just entirely me giving animal facts for the whole time. Um, and that's okay. And if if that is, then so be it. Yep, we're here for it. No problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess now is a good time to do plugs, since I think we're. I think that's it. I think we've like done an episode. So yep. Seems like we've done an episode here. Yep. Um. So you can find us on Twitter. Uh, at Feedback Force. Um. Go to the Twitter. There will be a Discord link there somewhere you might have to scroll down that's fine you can find it i believe in you i believe in you um you can find me on twitter at kelso time bomb if you like i don't know maybe you want to do that too um you can find me on twitter at kyla underscore go um although you'll probably have better luck reaching me via the discord uh because i actually check discord regularly um you can see uh pictures of my gecko escher uh, at Kyla Gorman Fury on uh, Instagram. And uh, you can play the game that I wrote, Wintermore Tactics Club, uh, on Steam and uh, or on, you know, on your PC or on most consoles. So 
most modern consoles, you can't play it on the DS. It wasn't built for the two screen gimmick, unfortunately. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Kyla is diligently working on a puzzle where you have to close the DS um, to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to progress. Yep. You have to close your Switch. <laughs> yeah. You have to okay, just fold bend, it in half. Bend, yeah, bend your Switch in half. <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> You're not allowed to put a game on Switch that does that. <laughs> I've sadly read too many of the stuff you're allowed to do. Oh. Yeah, no, that's there's a long list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's me. Anyway, I'm Carl, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Skug3. And that's a wrap. Nice. Yeah, that is an episode. Thank, thanks thanks for joining us for four in February. Yeah, we we have successfully done it. We don't do it every year, but sometimes we do it. And this is a year that we have done in it. March. Yeah, you know what? We played four games. It's fine. Yep, it's fine. We played it's four successful. short games, and I I enjoyed the like I we should do it more because I I enjoy like we play more games, but also it takes less time out of my regular schedule because they're so short. Yeah, because uh, we purposely so. pick short games, and that's nice sometimes. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a fun thing to do, and I enjoyed it. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, me too. Um, but that will be it for this episode. We will see y'all in a couple weeks for the next episode. And as always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.